This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. On the program today, we'll hear about a program started by country singer Dolly Parton, teaming up to give a book to each child here under five in Missouri. And our weekly visit with MU Extension on caring for your houseplants during the winter. Governor Mike Parson has completed his autobiography titled No Turning Back, and it will be available in March In his first interview, he explains to Ashley Bird that he wanted to share, quote, how he got here. The book really just covers my life in in general, about how it all started with my family and where I came from and uh, just all it seems like the obstacles I've went through in my life to be where I'm at today and uh, just how you got there, what the beginning was like to know what it was like growing up in a small town, uh, my parents being sharecroppers, moving from farm to farm to work on other people's farms and not having much in the world of material things in those days, but again, having everything we needed to be able to do that. And then I think just the, the following my career, what, what kind of happened in the school days, some of the things that I'm probably not so proud of that's in, that's in the book, some mistakes I made when I was young doing silly things, but it's all there. It's, it's, it's about as straightforward as I can be. I got in a little trouble when I was younger. Uh, got over that a little bit, and then when I went in the Army, it talks about my Army career and what that was like, going in the military at 19 years old and getting sent overseas. And then just everything I've done in my career, it's just like you've had to really work at it very hard, and I just never knew what was next. But every time you accomplish something or every time you went to the military, once you joined the military, for example, there was no turning back. You know, and that's kind of where the title of the book come from, you know, even some of the things I'd done that wasn't good when I was a young man, you know, you don't, you don't get a redo, you know, you made some mistakes and there was no turning back from those things and you had to figure out how you was going to move forward from then. And I think my whole life has been based on that all the way from when I got married to Teresa, Teresa had two kids at the time and all of a sudden I accepted that role uh, as a father and once you accepted that role. Uh, again, there was just no turning back. That, that's just uh, the way my life's been. So it goes all the way through my military, how I got to be sheriff back home when I got out of the service, and uh, what my choices in life have been all the way through there with a high school diploma. Uh, you know, I wasn't the best student in the world, so there's talks about things like that in the book. And uh, again, I hope at the end of the day, and, and it talks about all the challenges when I was governor and what it was like to be governor and how I began and all the unusual circumstances in this administration that I've been through. There's a lot of things in there about it. And I hope when somebody reads the book, I hope when they go through it, they realize that anybody could have done what I done. You know, we never know where we're going to end up when you're a young man uh, or when your life starts out, where it's going to end up. Uh, Believe me, from my mom and dad's perspective, uh, they would have had no idea that you know, their youngest boy was going to be the governor of the state of Missouri. That just never happened. So let's tell you a lot of things like that. You're in your last year as governor, and there's no turning back there, right? you got just this last year ahead of you. But you could move forward. I mean, you could be governor again, or you could run for another office. I've talked to many governors, others who wrote books as they were trying to launch into a new role. Is that ahead for you? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, when I become governor, it was another one of those stages, where, actually where the book title come from a little bit. One of the things I said is when we walked in this very room that you're sitting in today, when all the media was here and the cameras were here and you'd never been in that arena before, that I remember the author asked me, he says, what, what was you thinking 
when they opened them doors and you you was facing that kind of uh, media blitz. And I and I was the one that said, well, I knew one thing. I couldn't know there was no turning back. You know, you had to go forward from there. And, and again, I think that goes back to the title of the book uh, of where we're at and where we got to. You know, I've been blessed to have a great career. I, I really have. I've you know, I've been served my country in the military. You know, I've been sheriff back home at the local level. I've been able to represent the state and. I'm all every aspect, the House, the Senate, run a statewide campaign that I never dreamed of doing. And you could win from where I come from and who I was. And, and to be the governor of the state of Missouri, I don't know where there is to go uh, for me. So I, I guess the point of it is, you know, I got six grandkids, a great grandchild now. I, I want to go home. I want to spend a little time with the family. And uh, I feel like I've did my time as a public servant. And, and I do think there is a time you need to go home. Uh, I mean, I, I really believe that. I don't know that you just need to stay on and on. And I, I'm kind of really, I feel good about my decision. You know, I hope to be able to tell the story in, in the book about all these things. But really, uh, once this is over, there's no turning back on that one either. It's time to go home. <laughs> I remember one of those no turning back moments. And I've always wanted to ask you about this because I was covering you that time. And I hear that you were out in the field with your cattle. And I think you told me that, that when you learned that you were governor. Please tell me, recreate that for me, because I want to hear it from the horse's mouth here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well put for a farm boy to be able to say that. Uh, I actually was. I, I was actually at the barn, and I was sorting out cattle when I got the official call <clears throat> that the highway patrol was going to be coming to the house to pick me up. And, and you know, you're standing out there, and... Needless to say, in the environment you're in, there's cows bawling, and, and you're trying to sort cows from calves, and, you know, probably not the right apparel for be, being the governor in some people's eyes, but it was who I was. And you just you just stop. Everything stops. And, and you realize you've heard so many rumors for so long that this could happen. And, you, you know, you had so many ups and downs, like, oh, okay, is it really going to happen or is it not? And, you know, all along in the back of my mind, I knew – that could happen. It just never happens harder in our history. But I thought, if it did, how would I handle that? What would my mindset be? And I, I think, again, probably a little gray hair, a little experience in life. If that come about, I felt like, okay, I could do it. But I remember in the barn, out there in the lot, there was a moment when, I, when, when the phone, when I hung it up, that I just stopped. I just remember leaning up against the fence and just trying to get my thoughts together and realizing this really has happened. And, and again, I think once that did, yeah, again, there was no going back. I mean, it wasn't like you had a choice. And nobody said, do you want to come or, or you really want to do this? It wasn't anything like that. It was like, hey, we're coming to pick you up. You're going to be the next governor of the state of Missouri. So It's like a scene out of Yellowstone, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole world sort of turns around. There have been other gray hair moments for you. I'm not saying that, you know, your hair is too gray. It's just every one of us, I just color mine. But yeah. um, there are plenty of gray hair moments for you as governor. Um, you want to mention a couple that are in the book that you think were maybe no turning back moments, but also just challenging moments you didn't expect well i don't think there's any question i i think one of the biggest moments uh that's in the book is how this all started when we walked in this very building uh as governor and i think the first thing that, that i realized is that there was nobody here everybody had left 
There was nobody in the governor's office. There was no general counsel. There was no policy. There was no budget people. There was no legislative team. Uh, you had two or three frontline employees answering the phones and things like that. But to actually having anybody there, there was hardly nobody left. Everybody just left. So the office was abandoned. And it wasn't like, you know, you had months to prepare. You actually had to go to work as soon as you got sworn in with, and you had to put people together. I, I remember during that time, we, on Friday, we were actually calling people on Saturday and Sunday. And Friday night, once I got sworn in, saying, hey, we want you to come work for us. And people would ask, like, when, when, do you want us, when do you want me to start? He said, yeah, I'd like to have that opportunity when you want us to come. And I said, now, I need you to quit your job on Saturday or Sunday, and I need you in my office on Sunday or Monday morning. And that happened time and time again. And thank goodness people answered the call. But it, that was probably one of those moments that you really had to figure out, what is the first thing I need to know as governor? What was that number one thing that when you become governor that you had to be prepared for? And really it was broke down into that. We had to have a relationship with the Department of Public Safety right off the bat and SEMA. And that was all about in case something happened. You know, we had to be prepared for that. There's lots of other things you could wait a few days on, but something or some crisis could happen over the weekend. And if you just come in and you didn't know who to call or you didn't know what the process was. So that was one of the first things that we, we reached out to do. I think... Uh, there's so many firsts in, in, in the career, in the book, but picking five statewide elected officials. I mean, that's never been done in the history of our state. Five of Most people maybe pick one, but we picked five. And, and Supreme Court judges, uh, things of that nature. I, I think the things that probably you look about, and you say gray hair moments. <clears throat> you know, I, I think one of the things early on when I was governor that was tough was the Branson incident where, where the people drowned down there. That was like in your first 60 days that you was in, on, in front of the national uh, press and, and just family members that lost so many members of a family at one time. Uh, that was probably one of those moments that you just feel like you're the governor, but you like to do more, but you know you really there's no more to do other than, than what you can to, to mend that. I think that was one of the moments for, for sure. I think another one that really stuck out in my mind that very was uh, something I'll never forget is when uh, what happened in, in, in Afghanistan when the withdrawal was done and Corporal Smith uh, come back. And I remember standing on the tarmac with the family that day and how much of an impact that had to watch that plane land and the coffin be unloaded and just to go through that process uh, of that. And not to say that there, there's been plenty of tragedy in our state with law enforcement, with our military, with firefighters, with workers. But that one probably stuck out of my mind just a little bit more just because I simply firmly believe that that probably could have been avoided. And being somebody that's in the military, you, you look at those things. So, so, that, so that was a tough one. Show me today. Welcome back to Show Me Today. We continue with part two of Ashley's interview with Governor Mike Parson about his new book, which is a look back at his life until now. And that includes his overseeing the state's response to the COVID pandemic. Sometimes I think I don't want to talk about COVID anymore, but you, it has to be a pretty good section in the book because it's just something that happened in our history that is always to be referred back to that moment when COVID hit. And I, I know I had to ask you about that. We spent lots of days together in COVID because you did have frequent press conferences, which was 
an access that, for the press, yeah. made a huge difference. COVID, um, is there anything you would change about how you handled COVID? Oh, gosh, if you go back and evaluate the whole thing, for the most part, I think we did the best we could do uh, at the time. You know, you have to understand Missouri is so diverse and how we live, whether it's rural Missouri, urban, suburban areas, and everybody had different opinions of what to do. Uh, I think going back on it, one of the really the changing moments in this administration dealing with COVID uh, was about 42 days into it. We'd been at the office every day for those 42 days. At that time, we were doing press conferences. And when you mentioned that, we were trying to figure out how do you get message to people under the circumstances we were under, you know, which we had never had to do that before. But all of a sudden, you realized how valuable. I, matter of fact, I was hoping I'd never have to do a press conference on COVID uh, at points during that whole time. But hundreds of thousands of people were watching them. The media was relaying that information every day, and people were on the edge of their seats somewhat trying to figure out what to do, how to react, who's right, who's wrong. But I think a, a moment that really happened in this administration was about 42 days into it. We were all tired. We were all wore out. I remember my daughter calling me and saying, Dad, you got to go home. You look terrible. You know, uh, you got to get out of there. And I, I remember at the time, I was so frustrated because the CDC – was had a lot of predictions that weren't accurate or we didn't feel was accurate. You had the East Coast experts, the West Coast experts. And the bottom line is nobody knew. There was no playbook. There was nothing that you could turn around and get on a computer and say, this is what you do, or you couldn't Google search. You literally had to make decisions as a leader what you thought was best for the people in your state that you was responsible for. So I remember at that very moment, we called everybody. I called all my leaders in state government all my cabinet members, and I said, I want the best of your best in each division, and we're going to meet out at SEMA. Regardless of what circumstances were that day, we're going to meet out there. And what I said, we're going to take the Missouri borders, and we're going to work inside the Missouri borders. Everything that we're going to do, we're going to react to what's happening here in the state. Granted, we'll be looking to see what the patterns are and all that, but I want to isolate everything we got on Missouri. And I, I think... Looking back on that was one of the prouder moments probably during that whole time because what I did learn out of that, the state has 40,000, 45,000 employees roughly. The answers were within them employees. We got some good people that come up with some good solutions, and we set national standards out of that. You know, the vice president of the United States calls you and says, hey, how are you guys doing that down there in Missouri? You know, those moments are moments that you got to give credit for a lot of individuals that went together and were willing to try to help Missourians out. You know, trying to deal with the Department of Corrections during that time. You know, right. veterans' homes, nursing homes. You know, it was just so many decisions that were so tough. Can people go to church? Can they not go to church? All these things that come about during that time. Those just weigh on you day after day, you know. And you're, you're, you're always thinking, and, and let's face it, you're always hoping you're doing the right things uh, uh, of what those answers are and what you did. And so looking back on it, is everything perfect? No, but most things are never perfect. But I think we did the best we could for the people of Missouri, and I think we've proven that now. I think now that you've come through it, we realize we handled about as well as any state did. I'm Ashley Bird. You're listening to Show Me Today. We're here with Governor Mike Parson talking about his upcoming book, No Turning Back. The parts of the book that I have been able to excerpt, just a little bit. We haven't read the book yet because it's still in editing. Deal with your faith and how that's been a driving force for you. A couple of questions. One of the things I remember, first time I ever put a microphone in your face, you'd come off the Senate floor, and you were really frustrated, really frustrated with your own party about anti-Semitism. 
and you gave an impassioned speech, and I met you on the stairwell, and you were very upset. Now, fast forward, you know, are we, where are we with that, and, and, and what are your opinions on either mixing church and state, and what we're seeing again now with anti-Semitism rolling back up? Well, the anti-Semitism we're seeing now is just no place for it in my world. I'm a faith believer. You know, my, my whole life has been based on that. My judgments are based on that. I, and I'm not ashamed to say that. You know, that's that's my guiding principle. And, and I I do believe to do to be the governor of the state of Missouri, I firmly believe you've got to be a man of faith or a woman of faith. I do. Wherever that falls in that category. But you've got to realize there's a higher authority than you. And you've got to be able to make sure that that, that is your guiding principle and your guiding light of how you make decisions. You know, there's lots of things you can, you know, comprehend through, through uh, I want to say, research and through advice. But at the end of the day, as governor, you got to make decisions, and you're on your own. Of some kind of faith, any faith? Well, I mean, I'm not going to be a judgment of the whose faith is better because, I mean, you know, if it's the if it's the Baptist like, like me and it's the Assembly of God or it's the Catholic or it's, it's the, the, the Jewish, I mean— we all have different ways the way we worship. But but I think the point I'm trying to make, I think you have to understand that there is a faith out there. There is a God out there. And, and you need to figure out what that guidance is for you. I'm not, I'm not saying which religion is better than the other one. Uh, but I, I do think there's guiding principles to all of them, what we have to do. I, I think some of the things that when, when I left the floor and the Senate floor that time, I remember that. I was just frustrated because people w- would attack people for... They would try to destroy somebody's honor or character or who they were and never know them. I mean, they just would say hateful things about somebody. And I'm saying, is this the path you have to go to win an election? And this was within your own party. It was within my own party. There's no question about that. You know, because people and and you can see what's going on in Washington, D.C., how divisive things are up there even today. But I think there is common ground to be had that is best for the people uh, of this country and the best for the people of this state, for sure. I know it is. You know, it doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody's decision because, you know, I don't. But there is, there is common grounds that we have sometimes. So work on the things that you can get along with and get things done what's good for the state. I, I've always had that. Even with the state of Kansas. <laughs> Even with the state of Kansas. <laughs> yeah, I've got good and bad with that. You know, the, 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 the point of it is with, with Governor Kelly, you know, some of, some of the people running for governor now, they're saying these things like, oh, you shouldn't be nice to anybody that's a, on, the, on the other side. Well, that, that's not even practical to do. And, and I just, that's not the way I operate. You know, there's many things we, we disagree on, but there's things we agree on. So let's go forward. I, I don't dwell on that stuff very much. And you made it official, though. You, you said we're going to need to work together here at the border. No, I don't think there's any questions. I, I think when we did things like end the border war, that was a huge deal for our state. It was, it was crazy to be spending tax dollars the way we were spending on both sides of the aisle. It was just a terrible policy. You know, a private business would never do that in a million years. So trying to put the end of that. You know, I, I think the other thing is when we worked together to get the USDA office to have a portion of that in Kansas City was a big time, big uh, day for both Kansas and Missouri both. And, and I think you got to realize we're in a different circumstance in a lot of states. Your two biggest urban areas are St. Louis and Kansas City, and you're sitting on the borders of other states. You know, So you've got to figure out sometimes you've got to work together because there's just going to be issues from time to time. You've got to figure out how, how do you make things better for those areas. So, you know, uh, 
I'll stand where I'm at every day. You know, it's a, it's a lot easier, I think, to be respectful. And I grew up in that era. And I, I think you'll find that out in the book as, as you read about my mom and dad and my family. You know, we respect people. And, and I think that's what we all should do. You know, you don't have to agree with them. But, but, but the hatred needs to stop. I mean, the things that are going on now, you know, what we're seeing even in the national news today, you know, with, with the Jewish community and with Israel and, and, and Palestine, and I think for me, there's a big difference in that. You know, when you talk about Palestine people, people keep trying to say Palestine. You know, the people that I have the problem is Hamas. There's no question who Hamas is. Hamas is terrorist. So to try to say those are the same people is really mis- misleading. But the reality of it is when you're, when, when you're supporting Hamas, you're supporting some bad people that, that in my opinion, uh, I'm not about to support it, and, and I hope we stand up to the people that try to say that is a good thing to do when you, when you become a terrorist. And, and they're openly say that, so I don't think that's no news to anybody. You're not done yet. That will be state of the state. We're looking forward to hearing about your plans for the next year. What's your advice for the next person to step into this office? You know, I, I think the one thing you got to realize, a uh, couple of things in finishing up, I guess. Uh, the one thing you got to realize, it's never about the governor's last name. Uh, I think when you walk in here, it's not about Governor Parson, it's not about Governor Nixon, it's not about Governor Blunt, it's about the governor's office. And I think whoever walks in this office has to realize it's a much higher calling than your last name. This has been preserved for years and years, and I'm the 57th governor, so the next one's going to be the 58th. So only 57 people have sat in these seats before. So protecting the office of government should be your ultimate goal. And that is to do what is best for the people of Missouri. And I would say to anybody that's going to come in here, it's not about yourself. If you, if you try to put yourself above everything, you're going to fail miserably. It's you got to figure out what is the best thing to do for the state in the long run. And what does that look like long after you're gone? Is the next generation going to have the same opportunities you've had? You know, at a shot at the American dream, are you going to help people that really need help? You know, things of that nature. I think for the governor... The next governor, you have to remember, is the Office of Governor when you walk in here. It's a very elite group that's set in these chairs, and you got to make sure you preserve what, what the state is. And I think on a personal note, now that I've been through this, the one thing that I probably will look back on someday is the people I've had around me. Uh, I'll never be able to say thank you enough for the people that walked in this office when I did and what it was like to go through five and a half years with them to know what these ups and downs were like and that they stayed the course and that they were loyal. And, uh, I, I, you know, they're just, I've, I've worked with some fantastic people. I have a great deal of respect for They're smart, articulate, and every day they were by my side. And, uh, that doesn't happen all the time anymore, but I, I'm very proud of them. So I would have never been able to accomplish what we have without them. I would have never been able to handle the situation we had without them. So, uh, and I'll talk about the book, who, who the people, people always want to know who, who's the guy behind the scenes or who's behind the scenes telling you what to do and all this stuff. Well, read the book. You'll find out. Uh, it'll come out in March. No turning back. Governor Mike Parson, thank you for being with us on the show, giving us a sneak preview of your book and your thoughts, and for really going over the past few years that we've we've all been with you. Well, thank you. Thanks for doing this, and I appreciate what you've done over the four, five, six years we've known each other and how important that relationship over, because at the end of the day, we're all supposed to be public servants, and we're supposed to be helping get the public the information they need. So thanks for what you do, and it's uh, great to be the first interview I've done uh, with the book. Show me the day.